Good morning, Marge. Can you hear me? I can. How are you? I'm doing very well this morning. How are you doing? <laughs> Fine, considering, right? Yes, all things considering. Do you have a good Easter? It was a very beautiful day, very peaceful day. Well, Miss Rosie Pryor, I mean, Mrs. Hi. Rosie Pryor. How are, how are you? you? Good. It's been a while since we've seen each other. I know. When did you come back? We came back uh, March 2016, I believe. Oh, wow. How can it have been so long we haven't been in touch? Yeah, I see you on Facebook. <laughs> now, that's the one place where I let my my uh, inclinations loose there. Well, that's <laughs> Social media for a reason. Okay, I'm going to pause for just a second, and then I'll make introductions. This initial part will be edited out when we all log on. And so I'm going to pause for a moment, and then I'll make introductions, and we'll get, we'll get started with this interview. Okay, great. All right, good morning, everyone. My name is Mark Molina. I'm the CEO of Molina Leadership and Business Development Solutions. Today, we are discussing the LCC bond measure of 2020, and I will be speaking with Rosie Pryor, who is a member of the LCC Board of Education, and we have Marge Hamilton, who is the president of LCC. Uh, good morning, ladies. Thank you for your time and your willingness to discuss uh, this year's bond measure. Sure. Oh, morning. Thank you. Welcome. So let's uh, let's discuss how everything kind of got turned upside down on all of us a little bit with this pandemic. And here we are, though. We are where we are as a community. We are where we are as community leaders. And you have made the decision to continue moving forward with this bond measure. And can we discuss a little bit what is exactly is the amount of the bond measure and the purpose of the bond measure? So the amount is 121.5 million. That's the amount. And the purpose of this bond is, is really threefold with a, a fourth. And that is to make sure that we are building 21st century classrooms, that we're promoting safety and security on the campus. There's a tremendous amount that we, we will address with that. And the one that right now should be most important to everybody's ears is addressing workforce development okay. um, for the future. And the fourth pillar, and if you want to think of it like pillars, though, is if we do all this, it should make the college more affordable. I've been following the post on Facebook regarding the bond measure, and there, there's a lot of negativity uh, around it. Uh, even I, as you know, uh, for the interest of full disclosure, Marge and I are both on the Springfield Board of Directors together. And when this bond first measure came up, I was a little hesitant and reticent to consider it. But you presented it in such a way, Marge, about what is the role of LCC, how you develop, not just, it's not just a college where people can take college classes for long term to get into U of O or some other university. LCC trains nurses. Yeah dental hygienist and the presentation that you gave that day at the board of directors it was very compelling and you i think you weathered quite a storm there from myself and some of the other board members yeah. but you gave such a compelling presentation of the scope of the educational aspects opportunities and the legitimate yeah. role lcc is playing in the workforce development can you talk about that i know that's broad could yeah. you kind of repaint that picture? What exactly, why is this $125 million so important in the realm of addressing workforce development? Mark, I can't thank you enough for, for asking us to talk about this because you know I get passionate about this. Yeah. People think about a college and they, they immediately think higher ed university transfer, like you said. What we really want to get the message out is we are this community's college, which means what? It means we provide not only um, 
helping people complete their their um, their GEDs, getting yeah. English uh, English training. Our ESL program downtown is huge. Yes. We are getting we are dealing with today's homeless because our students. There's a a very a significant proportion of our students who are without homes and 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 homeless they're food insecure if we can get these people into short-term training immediately we then change their lives we get them jobs and then we get them on a career track to become the Mark Molinas, the Marge Hamiltons of the world. I mean, I always, I, I share this openly. My mom didn't have a high school. She didn't even get a, wasn't even a high school graduate, but it was down the road, a community college that allowed her to finish her high school training and then later go on and take a community college education. So we're putting people to work. And that's the other thing, Mark, I really want to focus on the amount of people Oh my gosh, you have to come to a graduation someday. The amount of people that are going to go to work, it's phenomenal. And you're right, they are the nurses, but they're more than that. We everyone thinks the nurses and docs, but you know, they are they've been the nurses aides, the CNAs, the home health aides that help our parents and us someday. Mm -hmm. They're the physical therapists, the physical therapy assistants. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting right now the when the governor is making made the mandate stay home stay well there is a very small exception for safety and health and well-being and part of that was nurses they want those nurses to get trained graduate and get back to the, to the to the hospital there's a whole there's a whole generation my age and older that are going to be retiring from nursing who's going to take their places so the good news is you know peace health mckenzie willamette they're working with us, they're helping us to get our to get people in the door and out. But then look around, all the construction that has to happen right now. You know, you know, um, we're all anxiously awaiting is are, is there gonna be a transportation bill? Is there gonna be a, a new deal kind of bill? But we know people are gonna have to go back to work, but they're gonna need carpenters, plumbers, electricians, and where do you do that? You have to do that through these apprenticeship programs, and and Lane has a tremendous amount of that. Mm -hmm. uh, we need people fixing um, uh, the airplanes, and and so the aviation mechanics. It's tremendous the demand to have those folks go out once those planes are flying again. So I cannot stress enough. I'll tell you one quick story though. I got a, a call about two weeks ago now from the commissioner of labor asking me please march because she knows lane has a great reputation for uh workforce development she says you've got to help us we need very short-term training programs to get people introduced back on the work site because we're going to have uh, the whole hospitality industry culinary all needing for retraining so for, here's an example the folks that clean uh, and they do sterilization it's an entry-level hospital uh, career but you know they came to us and said we know you can do this fast quickly reactive and we did it we're about ready to launch that program so that's just a small example and and the one I know we're going to talk for a little bit but this whole cybersecurity the whole world has now learned how to do zoom right but the more of us doing Zoom, you've heard of Zoom bombing. Yeah. Now the bad guys can get into our into our own personal networks. So we need we need network security specialists more than ever. We need cybersecurity training. Lane just launched that program last year. Again, just tiny examples of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, Rosie, as a member of the LCC Board of Education why is this so important to you and the rest of the board maintaining the focus and the emphasis on the time is now to stay at the work of this trying to get this bond approved and and we have had a lot of uh incoming um comments to members of the board to stay the course and try hard to help our friends and neighbors take the long view about lane you know, this bond of $121.5 million um, equates to 12 cents per thousand uh, of assessed value additional 
burden on taxpayers. So for a property assessed at about $300,000, that's an additional $36 per year. I think, and I believe my colleagues would agree with me, that's about the best bargain in Lane County. Um, there are over 400 people in our health professions, career and technical programs right now at Lane. That means there are over 400 people in the pipeline who are training to be ready to take up the roles that Marge just described are gonna become available and are gonna become needed. Lane offers over 40 different career and technical programs, each of them with their own facilities, equipment and technology requirements. And none of those requirements are the same. You don't use the same technology to teach welding that you use to teach dental hygienists or RNs or even pilots. <clears throat> so, so over the nine years that I've been on the Lane Board, we have struggled to prioritize limited, limited higher education resources to students, to the classroom. And as a result, we've made hard choices to defer some maintenance. Let's get one more year out of that roof. Let's get one more year out of that elevator. One more year out of, you can see where I'm going with this. Uh, the, the board has tried hard to ensure that we take care of critical deferred maintenance. But there are important, important capital improvements that need to be made at Lane in terms of technology, in terms of equipment, so that our students get a relevant education, not only in 2020, but in 2025, 2030, 2035. And we don't come to our friends and family and ask for additional resources very often. The last time the Lane Board referred about a bond measure to voters was 2008 and before that 1995. So you can see we take this very seriously and it's important at this point things have transformed since we referred this measure obviously who could have predicted a pandemic and things have transformed and it certainly gives one pause but at the end of the day Wayne is going to be so critically important so pivotal in getting the Lane County economy restarted and moving forward that it's really, really important for voters to learn as much as they can and to vote and to take the long view about Lane. I'd like to ask a quick question of you, Rosie. Um, as you describe your role of the board of direct of the of the board here for LCC, I think some I know because I've spoken to some of my neighbors many of them believe that the role of the board is to guide the educational journey of the school but that's really uh, even i'm going to ask a question because i'm not really sure the setup so i want to talk about this for a second that's governed by the state and the state requirements right yes the board is covering making decisions regarding the things that you're speaking of maintenance and the budgetary constraints budgetary responsibilities but it's very broad. As a board, you're not just making decisions about maybe what, and that's probably Marge's area about what professors would stay or what position professors or programs would have to uh, close down. I'm so sure part of that is the board, but just for the sake of the voters, what is, could you give me just a little bit more expansion on, on some of the things that the, the, the board is really having to look at regarding this bond measure? Sure. Um, I think the best way to describe how I view the Board of Education's role is, we are the community's caretakers of this precious resource that is Lane Community College. We all voted clear back in the early 60s to tax ourselves and assemble resources and build a community's college. That means a college that you can attend if you have the resources to pay tuition, if you're breathing, we will take you. We're, we don't require that you pass a, an entry exam. You don't have to have a certain GPA. This is your affordable access to that great equalizer, which is higher education. So it, each member of the board is elected, elected by constituents in a certain geographical area or as in my case, at large. Our job is to ensure that there's fiscal responsibility, 
that the college continues to be accredited, that is to say that it meets the highest possible standards that educators require and regulators require, that we comply with all appropriate laws and regulations. We're not educators, although there have been and there are today some folks on the board who are educators. Lisa Fragla is a second grade teacher. Melanie Munzer is an administrator at University of Oregon. Um, so, so we have um, some technical experts who participated on the board over time, but it's not really the job of the board member to be an educator. It's the job of the board member to look out for the citizens' investment in Lane Community College. Very good. That's the answer that I was looking for so that the voter could understand what is the role of the Board of Education. So to both of you, this is a $125 million bond measure. What's at stake? If we can get this approved, are there matching dollars that would be given or provided by other agencies or the government that would allow the full scope of the vision and the plan for these four, uh, four areas, building 21st century technology, safety and security, addressing workforce development, and keeping the school itself more affordable. How, if we can get the $125, if it passes, how, can, how will that be improved by other agencies? So a couple of ways. The first way is about four years ago, Mark, uh, we went out, we knew we were having a nursing shortage when we knew that we had outgrown dental hygiene. We knew we needed a new health professions building. The last bond, one of the good things about the last bond is it did build the existing wellness uh, center where our nursing program is now, but we're bursting out of the seams, right? So, so that, that, that's one of the ways that, that we're going to, uh, we're going to be able to afford this is to use the match. It's an $8 million match if the voters approve this because that was four years ago and, and we are, the time has run out on that money. To get that match, we have to have the uh, matching funds from somewhere. And it's, it's, just, it's just too much to get privately. We tried, but we really need public dollars to help us. I think that's important for um, <clears throat> voters to understand that there is well, there's much at stake and the benefit of it is, the potential benefit of it is there, there are matching dollars that are at stake. There, there are other monies that would come in. There are other areas of enrichment that will yeah. add to what's being asked to help fulfill this, uh, this four point spectrum yeah. of what to do with the money. May yeah. I speak to that for just a moment? Yes, absolutely. I, I wanna speak about how we leveraged bond funds from the 2008 bond measure. Uh, we used some of those funds to build that wellness building on campus, but we also had a very, very successful um, um, private campaign to raise money. We used $8 million of 2008 bond funds, and we leveraged that into $52 million that we used to build a lead platinum brand new downtown center in uh, Eugene. We have both housing, which is almost routinely uh, full up, uh, 96 to 100% rented, which is very helpful. And we were able then to, to replace uh, an outmoded aging building, never built to be an educational environment in the first place, into a lead platinum state-of-the-art uh, education facility in downtown Eugene. And we used just $8 million of the $82 million bond that we received from voters in 2008 to be able to do that. So I just wanted to stress how hard the college administration and the Board of Education works to take the, the funds we are granted by our, our voters and, and leverage those into bringing fresh resources, additional resources to Lane County. So, this was done in 2008 in the midst of the local housing market crash. So that's, a, that's quite the success story, by the way. Yeah. So my question is, what, what did the board and the school learn when they had to, walking from that economic crash of the housing market, we know LCC had a growth in participation from st of students, mm -hmm. and what cost-cutting measures have been taken to 
try to keep LCC um, viable or maintain liquidity? I'll jump in with that one, Mark, because this is a good one. I think a lot of lessons learned, not only at Lane, across the whole country. You know, when all these community colleges were born, we, there was only one real model. You had the, well, two models. You had the university model, you had the K-12 model. But a lot of community colleges followed, like Lane, the university model. And what lessons learned across the way is, is you must keep programs that need, that this community needs. You've got, so in our case, uh, Lane learned they had to be very lean and mean, I like to say, with their career and technical ed. Uh, so, you know, obviously the nursing, the paramedics, the welding, the programs we have, they, that was one of the learning things. You, you keep what you have and, and you're going to have to close what is not needed. The second thing is there is a business aspect to running a college. We don't like to say we're a business, but you have to run business affairs more like the corporate world. You've got to know when you got to cut corners. Sometimes you have to do things a little differently. And we've learned. We've learned with a bookstore. We've learned with food service. And we have more things that we are, will be doing along the way. But these are big transitions for colleges. But with each of these transitions, we are saving over time in the millions of dollars. So we're, we're, you know, we're not afraid to say we can learn too. And, and we have learned, Mark, and there's more to learn. And that's why, uh, for example, me being on the chamber, I learned from everybody there because these are, this is a room full of business people. And they're saying, hey, come on, you know, you, you got to do things just like, like the rest of the world. So we hear you. We've also learned a lot about energy, Mark. Um, you know, you heard Rosie mention um, a lead platinum building. Mm -hmm. The the uh, with the uh, amounts, just the I call it a small amount, but that 2008 bond by cha transferring over heating, air conditioning, things like that, they saved 30 percent. If you think about it, 30 percent in energy bills. So a college. Uh, this, as big as we are, uh, we have millions in uh, our utility bills are in the millions. So every time we bring it down 5%, 10%, 15%, we're saving money in our operations budget. Mm -hmm. So we've prioritized how these um, HVAC systems are being replaced so that the ultimate goal is lower each time it's lower the utility bills and believe me we're also looking at which building should be closed because when you close a building you don't you know you're not dealing with that utility bill so lots of good lessons and i'd like to think we're still learning very good what is the operational budget of lcc tends to be around 90 million tends to be around 90 million and um out of just out of curiosity someone's listening to this What's, what's an electric bill like? What's a water bill like? What's a sanitation cost of sanitation like or an internet uh, charge for the institution like? In terms so of I apologize, I don't have that exact, but in the millions. So um, I will definitely get that and break it down. We can even send it to you, you know, as a follow up. But I would say it is in the millions. So when you make a substantial change to one building alone, you're and bringing it down 20%, hundreds of thousands of dollars per building. Okay, very good. However, <clears throat> that being said, remember that far and away, the um, largest portion of Lane's budget is devoted to people. It yeah. takes people to teach people. And so I would, I would venture to say something on the order of 80% of our operating budget is people. So one of the most critical lessons that we experienced living through the housing crunch and the great recession was how imperative it is that Lane have the ability to be able to flex. We had a 40% a increase in enrollment in response to that you know remember that lane community college is on an opposite cycle from the economy when mm -hmm. the economy is good people work and they're not as motivated perhaps to go back to school but when the economy suffers or if there's no work people enroll 
at Lane in an effort to add the credentials, to, to earn that degree that perhaps they never completed, whatever. And so when the Great Recession happened, we saw an extraordinary and unprecedented increase in enrollment, and we rose to the challenge. Lane rose to the challenge and met that enrollment. When the economy began to improve, then you, you know where I'm headed. And enrollment began to decline, and we had the challenge of having to winnow and winnow and winnow our, employ our employees back down to numbers that were consistent with what enrollment is today. Yes. So another lesson we learned is how imperative it is that we retain the ability to be able to flex our own enrollment up and down to meet the demand. How did it stress just, you know, in the, in the, in the matter of economics, because I was one of those people that was out there in 2009 and this campus was flooded every day nonstop and LTD was trying to figure out a way to get people there and the, the LTD stations were packed. Uh, uh, there at the school and all the other locations in Springfield, Eugene, around Lane County. I, and all it might seem like, well, enrollment is up, so you must have a lot of extra money, but it created a great deal of stress and demand on the internal infrastructure of the school. Yeah. And I, I remember that waiting in line and the technology and all of those struggles. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Just and I ask so that voters can understand economically how things operate and yeah. why at times bond measures like this like these are necessary yeah so so just think about that uh, college where um, a third of your revenue is built on your tu your tuition coming in tuition and fees and then that amount the amount of people coming affects how much we get from the state Mm -hmm. So as, as you're up and things are good, you're stressing though, you're putting now the stressor on financial aid, you're putting the stressor, the, uh, some stress on enrollment uh, on, on our faculty. So you're holding, it's like holding the dike back, you know, you're, you're dealing with it, you hire more teachers, you know, you put in some more resources, but then it drops, right? So then as it drops, over three year periods, we get our aid, the revenue declines and that's what happened here it was it was really rather amazing and i don't think the public understands you know that that revenue went up for a couple of years almost a day late and a dollar short like after as 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 then all of a sudden we start declining and then the revenue starts declining so it, it's very hard because you got to have a bookstore food service business offices that support these student groups that are fluctuating uh, up and down, kind of like, I always like to say like the stock market, mm -hmm. but Rosie's right. Back in the day, the number one priority was the students, serving the students, so get those financial aid people on board, use whatever money you had, get more people to librarians, tutors. We just didn't have the money to address the infrastructure and if you think about it, Mark, my biggest fear of what keeps presidents up at night is, is, is the cyber world because our infrastructure is the old infrastructure and we just have not had the, the ever. It's like you can't get, Elaine couldn't get caught a break, is that the expression? To put, to invest in that, um, in that cyber infrastructure. We have to do it. You, well, look at us, we're on Zoom right now, right? Mm -hmm. This is the future. So the fact that the future is now today just shows how it affects us. It reminds me of um, the cracks in a wall. You know, you can crack it so many times and then the building falls down. You know, Mark, our projection uh, going into this, uh, it, this uh, academic year was that there would be about 20,000 people who attend Lane Community College. And um, about half of those are individuals who are the first in their family to ever attend college. Their average age tends to be 26, 27, 28, something in that range. And, and so these are folks who are juggling part-time employment, sometimes two and three different part-time jobs in the last unfortunately in the last five to eight years of our economy 
and school. There may be people who have never attended school before. And so what we understand about getting an education at Lane Community College is that wraparound support services are just critical to enable our students to be success. Counseling, guidance counseling, career counseling, tutoring, uh, and so on and so forth. And it these all cost money. And so when you're paying for those instead of bricks and mortar, then the bill for bricks and mortar will begin to grow. And that's why ultimately at some point, we just have no choice but to come to our friends and family, the voters of Lane County, the voters of our district, and say, it's time to put a bolus of resources into your community college because it's working, it's successful, students are graduating. Uh, Marge talks about the extraordinary success of our career and technical graduates in particular um, and their, their testing scores, our, our health education students are testing, you know, um, extraordinarily well. But at the end of the day, it takes money to provide the kind of support that our particular student body benefits from. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd like to say when I was out there in 2009, excuse me, um, I, I was honest, honestly, I was a little shocked at the condition of many of the buildings out there. I was surprised. Yeah. <clears throat> I was surprised at um, how old they were, uh, how some of the doors weren't set right in the frames anymore, and how old the desks were, and the just the whole. But uh, it was old. I, it was old, and I was a little shocked. I, I wasn't. I wasn't anticipating that. Now the educational opportunities out there, I believe, are significant, but. Many of the buildings felt really old, <clears throat> felt fairly dilapidated. The parking lot was really dark. It felt unsafe for a lot of people, especially at night. Those are still very real considerations. I think we can look at that new building, the Center for Meeting and Learning, mm -hmm. and we think that is what, the condition of that portion of the building is what the rest of the school looks like, and that's not accurate. No, no. And Mark, I always tell the story when I came for the interview. Um, you know, I came on a Saturday and I was just walking around and, I, and, I, and I'll never forget it because it made such an impression on me. I saw three broken down little trailers mm -hmm. and, and, and I, I thought, oh, it's okay. A lot of schools have those, you know, they put storage in there. And then I looked down and it said, the sign said dental hygiene. And I almost cried. I'm like, oh my God, this, <laughs> this program could they can't even have a facility for it it turns out right before i came is when they moved the program downtown so thank god we're not in there anymore but that's just an example i mean i give accolades to everybody before me that made it work with so little funds to do what they did and i keep going back to what rosie said because we put the money in the people but you know, even people at some point, you still have to have a hygiene lab that works. Yes. You can have the best teachers in the world, but if you don't do it in a lab, yeah, this, you know, it's just something's going to give. Uh, hey, if you come, if you come on our campus on a Saturday, the paramedics are, uh, you can see our paramedic equipment is everywhere. Mm -hmm. And we know how important paramedic training is, but if we don't give them a place to practice, we're stuck. And then the third one example I love to give is right now with social distancing and all these issues, we can't have the nurses practicing in clinics and hospitals like we did so much. They need to be on simulation equipment, but just one good uh, resuscitation Annie doll or whatever, those big ones, they're over a hundred grand. So this is the that. type of thing with the equipment that we could purchase. And those, those uh, simulations are just, it, it's the best. Because I've taught nursing, you know that, for years. And you give me a good uh, simulation uh, doll or whatever we call them these days, uh, we can teach students everything, go through heart attacks, go through, we can even have them uh, delivering babies. So we're very excited that, that the bond will update now our already good labs, but make them even better. Very good. Uh, Rosie, just a second ago, you made a comment. I didn't hear that. I just said, I agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so, some of the things that I remember uh, being out there in 2009, 
I remember the amount of high school students that were also out there simultaneously. They'd go to their high school half a day and then come to the, the, the campus twice, uh, half a day to get there. They would graduate with their high school diploma plus a two-year college degree. And I remember the child care center for single moms. And I do remember having conversations with plenty of students that were homeless and that were they were in the education process there. And I remember what excited some of them the most is their ability to have a hot meal during the day while they're in school because they knew they weren't there was no guarantee they were going to eat the rest of the day or the night uh, once they left the school. So those are some of the distinct memories I have of many of the areas that the community college itself was also serving people. Yeah. Mark, I will never forget the presentation we had a year or 18 months ago at a board meeting. A young woman came to talk to us who was about to graduate from high school. And her message to the Board of Education at Lane Community College was, in addition to graduating high school, she was about to receive her AA degree as well. Do you have any idea how much money her mom and dad saved on the cost of her transfer to a four-year college? She had earned her first two years of college by attending as a high school student. So the range of services and educational opportunities that you can access through Lane Community College. I'm just awfully appreciative that you mentioned a lot of those different things because they are there and they do cost money. It isn't simple. You know, Oregon ranks 46th in the nation for higher education funding. So it's not like there's a place we can turn and look to as an alternative to things like a bond measure and asking our own district voters to decide whether Lane Community College is important enough. When I, when I go to community meetings and I talk about Lane, oftentimes I will ask people, if you know someone, if there's someone in your family, if you have a friend who's got any relationship to Lane Community College, raise your hand. And almost without exception, every hand in the room goes up because everyone has had some sort of interaction with the community college. They're a wonderful, wonderful concept. They're an affordable, accessible alternative to, to a better life for thousands and thousands of people. So I, I, again, I just hope that despite the, this horrible period in history that we've wound up in, that we'll, we'll all remember this, this too will begin to subside. Some kind of different normal will begin to emerge and we're going to need Lane Community College more than we've ever needed it before. Now, the nursing program, Marge, you said at the board meeting for the Chamber of Commerce, what is the, close, the next closest uh, nursing program if we don't have LCC? Oh LCC my gosh, I, that, you know, it amazed me, Mark, that there were not more nursing programs local. So, um, it's, it's basically an hour north or south. You know, you've got to go up to Lynn Benton. You've got to go south down to Umpqua. Um, of course, you can go over to the coast and you can go up to Portland. But for, for a state this size with as many hospitals, that, it is not enough. Mm -hmm. and, and there's been some of our, of our peer programs, because of finances, are, we're on the brink of closing. And or um, Rosie mentioned accreditation. If their accreditation dips uh, for whatever reason, they couldn't meet the standards. They were on the brink. Uh, Umpqua was on the brink, getting close to it, and we would have been looked at to pick them up. Now, thank goodness they're doing better, but we have waiting lists. We have waiting lists in our LPN and our RN program, and it worries me because Peace Health. If we put out two hundred, Peace Health could could use them between them. If you think of all the ambulatory care centers, one-day surgery centers, mm -hmm. uh, long-term care facilities, uh, nursing homes in this area, we just cannot get the graduates out fast enough. What's the, uh, the amount of students that will graduate in specific to that nursing program when it's complete? How many nurses will complete that cycle? So we tend to have them, we have about 80 RNs, maybe another 24 LPNs, 
but we'd like to be able to expand it a whole nother class or two. So we think of classes of a groups of eight, so eight, 16, 24. Now I don't think we can get much bigger than that because the local hospitals have to be able to handle our students going through their clinical internships. I don't think a lot of people realize that things like nursing education are highly, highly regulated. Yes. So when Marge says we can take in a group of eight, that's because there's a there's a requirement that there be at least one faculty person for every so many students and so right. on. And and so the size of our cohorts are highly, highly regulated. Right. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the other programs that are at LCC, apprenticeship programs yeah. that you're providing support, oversight, and education in. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> My office mate's phone is ringing. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean like our, our carpentry, sure. uh, plumbing, sure. electrical? Because so, I, I know a lot of people, Marge, I know a lot of community residents think those yeah. programs are no longer out there oh my goodness they yeah. are out there and and in fact we were so happy you talked about leveraging for to get other funds we have about hundred fifty thousand dollars in grants right now to help expand the apprenticeship programs we have we went after a national grant with uh, the american association of community colleges because the aacc understands how critical apprenticeship is now but it's the future Mm -hmm. So again, uh, construction fields, electrical fields, plumbing fields, uh, you've got to have the manufacturing, the welders, you know, it takes a village, it takes the right. whole team. So we've got, we've got all those programs, but every one of them, uh, you know, when you walk through the facility, Mark, you can see they're aging. You know, mm -hmm. we really have to upgrade. And the other thing is we've got to be able to make sure that our curriculum meets the statewide standards, not just local standards, because our students are going to, I mean, we want them to stay here, but they can come and go if they need to. So it's really important that these, these other programs, um, I like to think about diesel too. Just the fact that I'm calling it diesel, we've got to change the name because, you know, LTD is going to have electric buses, right? Or they've got some electric buses already. So those students, we need to build in the electronics into those programs, but I've got to have a lab to put them. We've got to build the lab first, but we can't build it till we get the funds, the seed money to get them started. So they're one of, they, those programs are just so well attended when the high schools come out. And here's what else is the future market. And, and remember last year, the student success money got passed. And, and that was a big lift for, for the voters. I know that. But as a result of it, CTE, career technical education, is finally coming back and getting integrated into the high schools. Because it, it it's been gone too long. Yes. We all know that. So what has to happen is our local high schools, want they want to, we need to have them work collaboratively with the community college because you can't quite get enough uh, education and training in your high school to be licensed. You've got to go on to the next level. But you need to get the introductory, the wood shop, you got to get all that introductory stuff done before you can go into the higher end manufacturing programs for us. So that's going to take a lot of, of uh, resources and collaboration to get us together where we're so excited to actually see that the high schools are gonna elevate the trades. Because as they elevate the trades, we can work together and we can get more trades people out. Mm -hmm. Somebody once told me that it took two, they were on a two year waiting list to get a roof fixed in Florence. Oh, I can't even fathom that if you had to wait two years. So, so clearly the need is out there. Well, you know, I think we're all pretty close to the same same age, and, and I'll say this about that is we grew up in a time where in our high schools there was auto mechanics, yeah. uh, uh, four-year auto mechanics, four-year construction. There were programs that were specific to helping people get jobs, uh, getting typing, administrative skills, because we come from a time frame that I, well, I know from my family that the majority of the people had a sixth to eighth grade level of education and very few graduated high school. And my father, I have a copy of his GED. He got well after ha having 
him and my mother having seven children together when he was in the Air Force. He wanted to get his GED so bad, he, he finally got that after all seven of his children were born. And so I, I, you know, having that perspective of what it was like then to see the educational opportunities now and all these shifts that we've seen, it, it's, it's quite the story for our U.S. history, uh, U.S. economy. And here we are coming back around full circle to making sure the expansion of the career technical education is, is sure and it's uh, stable. So this is really critical, this piece. Um, what is it if you would say to the voters regarding this CTE, these uh, 40 career technical programs you have out there, why is this bond measure so critical to this component of our community? Oh, Mark, it's so important because, and I, I kind of end up most of my presentations, if not Lane, then who? Mm -hmm. Who is going to pick it up? Who will train the, the auto mechanics, the welders, the carpenters, the plumbers? Who will train our nurses? Who, there's going to be a lot of retirements. You know, when this is all over, Mark, you can be sure in healthcare, there's going to be a fair amount of folks that have, they, they'll be done. <laughs> they'll probably say, I've had enough. It's time. Let the next generation. But if we don't produce that next generation of, of all those fields, Mark, who is going to do it? I mean, we're a little too far from Portland to expect our kids to go all the way up to Portland. They need to, they need to stay here. They need to get trained here and do it. So that's my, my parting comment to, to anyone listening today is, if not us, then who? There isn't somebody else in the wings. You know, look at our two university partners. Do you see nursing? No. Do you see carpentry? No. You're, and, and, and I can make the list. It's, it's 40, 40 long, right? That's, that's why we're here. So that is my, is my parting. It isn't going to happen by itself magically. Rosie, did you want to add anything to that as a board member? No, I think, I think Marge said it beautifully. And the, the only thing I guess I would add is that what we know is that 92% of Lane grads stay right here in Lane yes. County. Yes. So we are investing in our own families and our own younger generation. And, and uh, we have to have state-of-the-art equipment to do it on, or, or they're not employable when they come out of Lane. We can't teach them on decade-old equipment and expect them to get jobs in uh, hospitals and with uh, contractors in today's market. No, I, I appreciate that. I, could, I used to be able to do a tune-up on my vehicles that were between the, anything that was like 1995 down. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, now just trying to figure out where the air filters are at on some of these new engines. It, it's, yeah. talk about feeling. Yeah. All <laughs> technology all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, another thing, Mark, when, and, I, and I should mention this. Um, when I first got here, I was amazed at how many calls I got. And it could have been from somebody at a chamber, but it, but it was about a, comp a very large company and you know how, remember when Amazon's moving around, everybody's waiting to see who's going to be the next spot. Companies, they look at and they see what's in your community college. Who's going to do the training? If you don't have the capacity to do the training, Mark, they're not going to come. They're going to pass you over and they're going to go on to the next town. And I think we kind of forget that, that we've got to be reactive quickly and pro proactive and reactive. We've got to be able to to answer the call of business and industry and be there for them. Now, all of the classes for, and that's, that's really pivotal towards economic development because my mind was racing <clears throat> as we try to lure companies locally to establish an organization here. What's our, our housing market like? What's the recreation, what are those facilities like? And what's a local educational system like? So all those are critical to continuing ongoing economic development in any community. Yeah, true. What about your online uh, classes? Is the uh, are all the programs that can be online? Are they online, and is that successful? It's a huge yes. Um, what makes us a little worried, though, is even though we're doing it, we're putting the courses out there. It's not what all the students originally were coming for. Mm -hmm. So if you signed up for a spring class two months ago. Um, you did not anticipate you'd be online. 
So there's a whole lot of hand-holding right now and a whole lot of, uh, Rosie talked about supports. We've, we had to do the online tutoring, online uh, how to use the technology. Um, but I got, I got, I, we really believe, most of us in higher ed, that when we get over this hump of kind of retraining students to be more of an online learner, they're actually going to like it. We think it's going to settle out that it'll be a nice combination. It'll be a hybrid. I think hybrid is, will be more of the fall and the future. Uh, so a little bit of shell shock. We did it though. I couldn't be more proud. Our teachers were amazing. They really rose to the occasion. But now, you know, once you know a little bit, you want to know a lot of it, right? So you, you just want to keep learning. There's a whole lot more learning for us to do. But I, I think we've gotten our students to the point where they're using it. Now, as a whole uh, teaching learning institution, we're all going to learn a little bit more and be more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. But again, once we upgrade all of our technology systems, we're 100% online. The only thing that's not online is aviation, uh, obviously. <laughs> you got to fly. Right. Uh, and the FAA will not let us do aviation maintenance because truly to work on those planes, you have to be close up with your teacher, with your head in that in that stuff. So there's there's a few of the programs that we held back on, very few, and we're very, very hopeful to be up in the air again and fixing those airplanes again. Very good. Uh, quickly, SBDC. Mm -hmm. Small, Small Business Air. Development Center. Uh, you know, Robert Killen is down there and he has just become this massive resource yeah. for the community. Yeah. This incredible community, you know, we know he's a, uh, accomplished gifted communicator and the messaging he's been able to put out for the small businesses has just been phenomenal. How do you see the SBDC moving forward in this new realm of learning? What role, how, how can you augment or how will SBDC learning teaching augment the role of LCC? Well, it's going to move just like the rest of the credit side. I mean, Robert's doing a whole lot, uh, just like us today, Zoom excuse me, he's still doing one-on-ones, he's doing uh, uh, group training. Um, I think it's actually gonna be more opportunistic because small businesses might actually wind up liking this better where they, they can just be in their offices and do this. Um, we know, we absolutely know Robert's going to be really busy because a lot of small businesses were hit hard and they need help. So Robert's already, uh, gearing up for what's going to be needed when our small businesses are trying to get back on because there's the financial pieces, you know, we're all watching the same news at night. Uh, we're waiting to see how the loans are going to come, what monies are going to be available, and Robert's going to be there with information and training. And what are some of the, the learning opportunities available specific to the SBDC? So if you think about it, 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 it starts from inception. I'm thinking about owning my own business, that learning that has to happen. And then I, I know what I want to do. I want to launch my business. Then the next phase Robert helps them with is I've launched my business. Uh, sometimes he, he starts in, back in the beginning with a business plan or I want to double my business. I want to retrain my people. So Robert has a uh, different strains depending upon what the needs of the business community uh, could be. But for sure, it's even, I've sent people to Robert I met in the community that always wanted their own business in X, Y, or Z, and he'll just sit down and chat with them. And then, you know, he can walk you through, like I said, writing that business plan, launching, and you need somebody when you're new at this to help you with the connections it's kind of like sitting in a chamber meeting, isn't it? Oh, wow, this person's in insurance, this person's in law, this person's in, in hospitality. It's making those relationship connections that small business owners must have. And like you said, Robert's just so naturally good at it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I really, I can't uh, say enough about how uh, helpful a small business development center could be for a community like Lane, where there's what, in the hundreds of small businesses right now. Yeah, the SBA, the small business loans that are available always, SBA always leads individuals back to 
their local small business development okay. center in the community. So this, this uh, connection, this awareness of the role of an SBDC is so important that even the SBA acknowledges that type of relationship. Yeah. Now you guys have some upcoming learning opportunities about the bond measure for the community. Mm -hmm. When are they and what can community members expect? What kind of conversations uh, would they be able to have with all of you? I see Marge looking around. I, I don't have that list in front of me either, but we'll get it to you and you could you could print it on your screen if you like. Yeah, let me see. Um, we actually just got together. Um, Mark, for sure, um, it looks like April 21st we're going to do one. Um, we're going to do another one April 30th. So we're going to do Tuesday, the 21st of April, a Thursday, 30th of April, and Saturday, we're going to try to do two of them. We're going to do a morning one and, and an afternoon one. And I'll send you this in an email. So if you want to mm -hmm. post it to people. So that would be April 21, April 30th, and May 9th. And how will those meetings be facilitated? Just like this. We're going to do uh, Zoom. And those people that are interested, would they, who would they be speaking to representatives, yourself and Rosie, or all the board, or what, would they, what can they expect? The Rosie? goal is to have a, a couple of board members available for each session and have Marge and her, her uh, campus-based experts available to answer questions. But since it's primarily about the bond, you know, uh, Marge's, Marge and her team are limited to providing just the facts and but the rest of us those of us on the board can can answer the why questions why now why is it important and why is it critical that lane county residents vote and if if they wanted to reach out once they see this interview that i'm going to post with the both of you uh how can they uh reach out to either the school or, or to the board with questions? Well, all of our all of our email addresses are posted on the college's website marge's uh, email address is there as well. So anyone who wants to reach us can certainly do so by email. Okay, very good. What is your commitment, Rosie, on the Board of Education for LCC? If this bond passes, what is your commitment to the voters regarding uh, the use of this money for the reasons uh, stated? Uh, what a great question. The board has um, already passed a motion to create a bond oversight committee. That would be a group of um, Lane County district-wide residents. Uh, and we're going to discuss at our board meeting on April 15th, sort of how to constitute that oversight committee. We want to ensure that there are some subject matter experts like contractors or tradespersons or uh, architects, engineers, persons who have um, a strong background in construction, but also we want um, district residents who are interested and who will um, join us to oversee whether or not the college is following through to build the projects that we have proposed. Our expectation is that we would present this oversight committee with a list of the projects that are anticipated in a given year. And at the close of that year, we would invite that group of people to um, look back over um, progress that's been made and ensure that it, the money is focused on the projects that were proposed. Very good. And Marge, what would your statement be to the voters regarding your commitment as president to ensure that the funds are used in the manner in which uh, they're, they're being expressed? I, I could say another assurance to the voters is we are right now building a strategic plan for next year. As we get through the summer and we get through the bond, our next, our next task we're going to take on as a college would be creating the next five-year strategic plan. And this will be integrated as a top priority that the, the, um, the purpose of the bond gets integrated throughout all the planning that happens and that will keep us on track because that strategic plan is a contract with the community too about what we promise to do for this community. Very good. Well, I want to thank you both again. We have Rosie Pryor, member of the LCC Board of Education and Marge Hamilton, president of LCC with us today. Thank you for your time uh, to discuss this LCC bond of 2020. We appreciate all your answers and your willingness to make yourself available. 
we'll look forward to seeing uh, the email regarding the time to connect with, with all of you regarding the bond measure. Yeah. And we'll get that posted on our Facebook page as well. So best wishes to the both of you. Stay safe. And I'll look forward to uh, the next upcoming meeting. Thanks, Mark. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.